like everybody that's afraid about AI taking over their jobs or whatever, like everything we put in, it's feeding into the machine. Everybody is going to have having the same database they're working from. The thing that makes the difference is you. And that's the part that you have to put in. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and I am so glad to be back with you for another episode. Just a quick note before I bring up my friend, Jen Neal. I have heard from a couple of listeners who are like, hey, Annie, what's up over there? How come the launch schedule has been so erratic? And I hear you. And I do think you're owed just a bit of a response. So you do not need to worry about me. But for the last several months, I've been dealing with an active flare up of a weird pesky autoimmune situation. Again, I'm not going to TMI, nor am I going to cry. I'm just going to let you know that that's where I've been. But I'm glad to report that I'm coming out of it and that this show will be coming at you regularly from now on. That's right. We're going back to reliable weekly episodes. Yay! And if you really, really missed me, you can go on over to AnniePRuggles.com slash N-S-S-A. That's N-S-S-A, where I just made my award-winning Sales for Empaths program, Pay What Feels Right. So, yeah. I missed you too, y'all, and I'm excited to get back into the podcasting saddle. That being said, today's guest is the incredible Jen Neal. Jen Neal ran marketing departments in corporate America for 10 years and then ran a digital agency, Formula Done, for over another 10 years, so she knows the roadmap to online success. She believes publishing content for the sake of publishing content is a waste of time. She also believes acquiring new customers should come from more than ads and referrals. She believes that activating content you already have is the key to your online success through cutting acquisition costs and leveraging the work you've already done. It's a fabulous conversation. Let's get into it. Jen, my dear, my darling, the sun is actually shining here in Chicago. We are deep enough into spring summer that, you know, there's a song in my heart and then I get to see your beautiful brain and face <laughs> and eyebrows, which, you know, inside joke, you don't get to know about listeners. <laughs> but in the meantime, I get to ask you for their benefit. What do small business owners need to focus on this week? Well, it's funny, actually, I love that you even brought up the weather because I think when it finally warms up after like the death winter cold and we're all like, oh my God, the sun's out. It's time to go outside. That helps kind of tap into that creativity. So what everybody needs to do is find your childlike creativity. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 
Okay, well, not something you normally hear from an ads folk. Like, oh, let's get creative. Normally it's like, we must obey our overlords, the algorithm, and we must appease the algorithm, and we must have the right numbers of characters and the right carousel. And you're like, nah, man, get creative. And not only that, get childlike creative. Okay, talking about the algorithm. I call them the traffic cops because... That makes sense. You gotta obey, mm-hmm. right? But it's, I mean, it, I don't care. Like, since the literally the beginning of the internet, whoever you want to believe invented it. Um, Al Gore. <laughs> of course, it was Al Gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it always comes down to having unique, good content. And forever, that has been defined as something as an authority or something as your own personal expertise, like your own personal opinion. So if you're just you and you're good at what you do and you share that, like that's what you need. But we get uh, get too into this like teachy teachy mode and, Oh, I have to show what an amazing or tell what an amazing person I am and all these things I know. And eh, just be you and have fun. When you share that people are attracted to you. I love the idea of teachy teachy. I know I definitely fall into the trap of teachy teachy. Oh, God, me too. I feel like I, my, oh, my two post categories are teachy teachy and flaily flaily. Uh, I kind of <laughs> need to rainy rainy that in. Um, yeah, flaily flaily is fine, but I feel like it's it's kind of these two very polar effects of I'm like, hey, are you having a bad day? That's okay. Your business will be okay tomorrow. Just go send an email. And on the other half, I'm like, these are the five P's of effective funnels. Like, oh God. <laughs> like, can so we just can add we another marry one? It? <laughs> Where you're like, guess what? I'm having a bad fucking day. <laughs> like, and I'm gonna talk about it. Yeah. Right? That's that's the thing, you know? Right. It's that non-performance transparency mm-hmm. right and kind of like a podcast that i happen to know maybe oh. too legitimate wait a minute what 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 and now it's meta listeners spin the top like inception is it still spinning mm-hmm. um but <laughs> no i think that that's true because there are so many areas of marketing where we're really pressured to be create like to be creative engines and to express and be authentic and to be transparent. And then there's the ads world where most of the narrative is like, and then kill off that part of your brain and run a Facebook ad. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> when, when actually, truth be told, especially on Facebook, the ads that work the best are literally the ones where like like you're doing a live and you completely fuck it up in the middle and you turn that into an ad. Those work the best. That's hilarious. And a little <laughs> unfair, you know, like I know it's a, it's a little unfair in that, you know, when people find the easy road that you've been paving so much and then somebody just whizzes by you and you're like, Oh, loving mm-hmm. Fuck you. Like, how did you find that hack? I've been freaking mowing this corner of lawn for three days and you just come up and Mm -hmm. zoop, there it is, right? Like, you know, the people that find the treasure at the end of the Indiana Jones movie and it's like, where have you been this whole time? How come you get the treasure now? But also, like, it feels a little unfair, but they did something different. 
they went out of the norm. They hacked the system, right? And so I love the idea of like a blooper being a really effective ad because I think sometimes, especially on Facebook, we are still forgetting that people are not on Facebook to buy from us. Right? (laughs) We fall. They're there to be social and have fun and connect with people that they like want to connect with. And we forget that. Yeah. I mean, I do. I'm on Facebook to like say happy birthday, watch the Rockettes reels and occasionally (laughs) get recipes. Oh my God. I watch so many dance reels. It's absurd. Like I love that we are living in, say what you want about reels and TikTok, but I love that we are living in the era of the dance video. Yes. Mm -hmm. It gives me so much freaking joy. Um, But like, that's what I'm on Facebook for. I'm on Facebook to watch dancers duet with other dancers and be like, isn't this amazing? They're in a ballet in Morocco and they're in a ballet in Chicago and they're dancing together when it's time to be alive. Like, I'm not there to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I should stop everything I'm doing and consider the addictive side of my personality and how it may be stalling my professional growth and how I can leverage time management to use a new software system. Like, I don't care. I'm watching the Rockettes kick over my head. I don't care. So you may as well take the pressure of perfection off, take the pressure of the algorithm off and not even try to be funny or clever, but just be and put out whatever your most shiny, transparent thing happens to be and kind of build the campaign around that. Am I hearing you right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, there has to be, there still has to be both, right? We have to have a mix of when, when people like, if you're doing the things that are you, that are just authentically you, you're being you and that stuff catches people's attention and resonates. And then they're like, wait a minute, I kind of like this girl. Like what, what is this all about that she's doing? Then they're Mm going to go look you up. And that's where you have to have the authority, the fun, the engaging, the teachy teachy, like those kinds of things. It's not just the fun you, but if you're missing that part, like you're totally missing out. And here's the super shitty thing. I'm totally going to get on my high horse here for a sec. Get on it. Hold on. Let me build you a staircase up to your high horse and let me hold the horse in place for you. (laughs) I'm petting the high horse awaiting your arrival. Yep. Get on it. If all you're doing, which this is the trap we all fall into. I do it myself. But if all you're doing is the TTTT and maybe the flaily flaily, then mm-hmm. <laughs> and and your posts are not getting watched or seen by people because that's not what they're there for. It's not a personal yeah. judgment. They're just not there for it. They're not if they're there not for getting, it. Yeah. And, and if they aren't getting any engagement, then what happens, and I'm sure probably a lot of people can resonate with this, is is the traffic cops are like, hmm. Your stuff, people are just scrolling right by. Like, they're not really engaging. So it must be spam. So we're just going to treat you like spam Mm -hmm. and not show your stuff to anybody. And that's Mm -hmm. what happens. That's why everyone's like, oh, organic marketing doesn't work. It does. You just have to do what people are there for. Right. I mean, we've all had the experience of, like, watching a really funny show on something that still has commercials and you know, we're laughing, we're loving life. 
where it's just like, oh, this show is so funny. And then there's like a quick cut, like especially if you're watching on something like Pluto. I love you, Pluto TV, but your commercials are atrocious because you're free <laughs> and you have to. But, you know, you're watching something hysterical. It's a real cut up. You're dying. And then suddenly it's like, in the arms of the angels. And there's Sarah McLaughlin with the damn puppies. Fly yeah. away. And you're like, no, no, no. This is not where my mood Wait, wanted to go. What? I don't want to go here. No. I'm happy. Yes. I'm happy. Don't make me go into sad puppy. No. It's like the breaking news on your day that you don't want. And it's like, don't do that to people's social experiences. If you're going to yeah. talk about important stuff, you got to find a way to fit it into the conversation or scroll conversation or scroll tone that they're already having with the exception of LinkedIn. I will mess yes. with people yes. on LinkedIn all the time. Yes. But exactly. that's a business platform. That's what people are right. there for to do. Right. I feel like everything over there is Sarah McLaughlin and the sad puppies. And then I come <laughs> in and I'm like, hey, guys, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's my favorite LinkedIn interruption story will always be friend of the show, former guest, Laura Cleal, freaking hero, introduced herself in my LinkedIn group next to a friend wearing a giant Volvo costume. And because I had just tagged everybody in the group, that picture of Laura and her very vaginal friend uh, was everywhere on LinkedIn. I heard about it for weeks. People are like, why is this in my feed? I mean, I'm happy, but like, what is happening? And I'm like, this is how we take over LinkedIn. That is, yeah. One vagina <laughs> costume at a time. This is this is how we do it, right? But that one all, that one all hacked the system all day. But yeah. Facebook, but Instagram, but TikTok, but even Google, like run mm -hmm. search terms for what people are looking for when they're in the same mood. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's tough. It's weird. So, so, okay. Okay. Understanding that the traffic cops don't want us to be spammy. I'm sure the traffic cops don't also want us to just be completely balls to the wall ridiculous, right? Like, mm -hmm. They want to, do they care? Do they care about what, what, what do the cops care about? Do the cops care if I have weed in the car or do they just care if I'm not wearing my seatbelt? Just if you're not wearing your seatbelt. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like, if you think about it as like, hey, we're talking about Facebook, Facebook specifically, think about their business model. So they are literally making money off of user engagement. Mm -hmm. Other people's content and user engagement. Yep. And so if you are helping their business model by creating engagement from your content, they don't care if it's about the weed in your car or about something that's personal related or business related or whatever. Like they don't care. They just, they just want the people to stay on the platform, right? If you're doing things that are sending people away from Facebook, the traffic cops are like, yeah, no, that's our traffic. And uh, you got to pay to take them away. And that's just how it works. Like, just think their business model and how it aligns with yours. I just see like this. I don't know why, like, Reno 911 short shorts wearing <laughs> cop being like, yeah. you got to pay. With the porn stash. Yes, of course. Of course, with the porn stash. Why would I have a weird fantasy visual of an actual <laughs> Facebook traffic cop without a porn stash don't be ridiculous jen oh yeah the listeners are yeah. judging you right now oh, um okay. 
But, you know, like, I I think that that's so totally true, though, because it's like Facebook wants to keep people on Facebook while charging you to take people away from Facebook. But also, okay. that being said, is the Facebook page dead? The Facebook business page. If you can drive people back to it with your ad, is that valuable? How do we keep people on Facebook? Because I don't know, my page... Okay, I kind of treat it like my unloved, uh, weird, delinquent, <laughs> like black sheep <laughs> stepchild. I kind of, I was going to say the redheaded stepchild, but as a redhead, I take offense. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as the kind of unloved stepchild of my brand, I sort of just shuffle my Instagram stuff through there. But the reason I did that was I started to see drop off on my Facebook engagement and then I got really lazy. Full mm-hmm. stop. I got lazy capital L totally common. Yeah. Um, but I'm hearing, I know I'm not the only person who's like, how do I leverage Facebook more completely in support of my ads? Yeah. Because of what it used to be is our ads were enforcing our Facebook groups. Our ads were enforcing our Facebook pages. And then they did the thing where I still remember in like 20, 17 or something where they stopped letting you run an ad to a Facebook group. And it was like, yeah. wow. Well, I, I, Cause that was the ultimate keep them on the platform, run an ad to a group. Come on, let's go. And then Facebook yep. was like, no, you can't do that for some satanic reason. Um, And I think it was around then that I was just like, well, dang, if they're going to make it harder for me to use their platform to provide value, I'm just not going to use it. But I, I feel neglectful. I, cer- I certainly feel <laughs> neglectful based on everything you're talking oh, about, no. about if you want to take them away, you got to pay. So like, how, how do we fully leverage functionality to serve our ads instead of how we used to do it, which is let me have ads drive my other Facebook activities. Now that that's mm-hmm. kind of more backwards for most people, there's still people killing it with groups. There's still people killing it with pages, but most of yeah. the people I know are like, oh crap, should I start a new page to run these ads? What do you think? So the the best thing with pages is keep in mind a couple of things with pages is one your profile your like your about profile info and stuff on your page mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that stuff will actually show up in Google searches and and Facebook searches and like anywhere that people are looking for stuff right Ooh. so remember that if people see you on a conference or a summit or hear you in speaking in another group or whatever and they go to look for you they're going to look where whatever social platform they're on. And I'm using my, I'm counting on my fingers as though you can actually see my hand. So um, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to look on the, the platforms they're on. They're also going to go to Google or like the, you know, 1% of people that go to Bing or something. So, yeah. Um, so you have to show up in the places where they're looking because otherwise you just fall right off the map. So Facebook page is good for that for one thing. Now, secondly, here's like the ultimate hack keeping in mind how the traffic cops work. So they don't, a lot of people will just create like a YouTube video, like a promotional video, right? And put the link on your Facebook page. Well, you're taking traffic away from Facebook and sending it to a Google platform, which is like the worst of all the things, right? So put the same video on Facebook. Mm. Put an actual call to action on that video of to your opt-in, to your group, to a DM, to a booking page, whatever you're going to do, but put the call to action on that video 
And literally, like, even if you don't do ads, just boost it for a dollar a day. You get money behind it. They will let the links go away without any problem. Then you repurpose the crap out of that content and use that to create other engaging kinds of things. And when you're like, hey, your call to action on your other posts is, hey, if you want to know more, check out this link. And you just link it to the video on your Facebook page. So you're providing all this engageable content and you're keeping people on your Facebook page, which creates more engagement, which in turn lowers your ad costs. I'm laughing because I just thought, oh, my poor Facebook page. I know what to call it. It's the Tiffany Trump of my brand. <laughs> Tiffany Trump. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, Tiff. Uh, but, you Used know. to be the new picture on it. <laughs> People will be like, what? And I'll be like, sorry, I'm, I know I've been really neglectful of this page. I forget that it exists for entire swaths of time. <laughs> no, but I love the idea of like leveraging the video on their own site to play their own game to be like, all right, Facebook, I'll give you what you want. Now, I also am laughing because you said, except for like the 1% of people who go to Bing, um, as someone <laughs> whose husband works for Microsoft, I'd like to take a moment and shout out the 1% who goes to Bing. Thank you for paying Fair my enough. mortgage. I appreciate Fair enough. you. Yes. Yeah. Thank Ryan you. was at an event once and, and all Microsoft event. And someone said, Google it about something. And Ryan leaned into the microphone and said, I believe you mean Bing it. Bing it. So yes, everyone, um, Bing. By Microsoft. It exists. I will actually say uh, from running, you know, we run Google ads and and YouTube ads and stuff. And honestly, like depending on your market, um, but a lot of times Bing ads are like way outperforming and a whole lot cheaper because it's. I didn't even know Bing had ads. Learn something (laughs) new every freaking day. Come on now. I wonder if I get Bing ad credits for being a nepotism baby of Microsoft. (laughs) Hey, I got LinkedIn Premium for a steal. So, um, yeah. All right. Now we're all just working on my business, and the listeners are like, Can we get back to me, please? Yes, yes, yes. We'll get back to you. Um, <laughs> you're all excited that Bing ads came out too. Come on now. Um, okay. So, I love the idea of keeping out on the platform. I love the idea of looking at what they're consuming when they're on that platform, just being really deliberate and intentional. Uh, you said the magical post. You said boost. Are boosts a thing? Boosts are a thing again? Were they? Boosts are a thing. And it, I mean, I love them because you're, for the person who Facebook scares them, I mean, I, I'm also a person who I, like, I personally hate Facebook, but, you know, a, a lot of people are like, <laughs> I don't even know. It just scares me. I, I don't even know what to do. Like the boost doesn't take you through the whole ad setup. You don't have to go to business manager. You're not doing the like, where the hell am I? What do I click on? Like it's easy. And, and the targeting is very much the same. Now, are you going to get the most qualified leads? No, but is it going to raise your awareness and get your video out to more people? Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get like, you could turn it on for video views to, to boost that. And you can get video views for like five cents a piece. I mean, spend 10 bucks and whatever that maths out to, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like it's a, it's a great way to get cheap engagement and still play by the rules. It's like, Hey, I love cheap engagement. I love yeah. it. It's like the little parking, like parking meter. 
right? Like, I'm just mm-hmm. going to put this content here and I'm going to give you some money and I'm legit, right? I'm legit. I'm fun. I'm a real person. And mm-hmm. I understand that after me, you're going right back to cat videos. Exactly. So what about all the people that are like, the second you do something on Facebook, they change it and it doesn't work anymore. Like, is that true? Is that partially true? Or is that an excuse? It's it's partially true, but it's still, you know, the same thing can be said for Google. Same thing can be said for YouTube. And yeah, they are always changing the algorithms and all that. But like, to come back to like the traffic cops, when it comes down to it, they're just, they just literally want good content and people to engage. So when people get all upset about the the rules changing and stuff, it's like, for the most part, it's just the way that they're showing your content or like how they're sharing things or Mm -hmm. like they're constantly trying new things just like we are. But the base rules are just be you and share good things. That law still applies to everything. Mm. Isn't that liberating? (laughs) I mean, it's seriously like there's something pure. Like, it feels like a homecoming because that's what we were all told at the very beginning that I feel like that joy is beaten out of us, which is totally full circle to what we're supposed to focus on this week, which is childlike creativity. Like, back in the day when Facebook started having ads, before Facebook and Instagram were one company, before everyone was talking about GMB, before any of that, we were like, just put out good stuff and let people find you and maybe put a little bit of money out there to have a couple more people see it, which is what you're still talking about. But now people are like, hack the system. You got to spend more money on Wednesdays than Thursdays and you got to have these placements and not those placements and you got to use these hashtags and and don't use carousels or only use carousels or by the way, only. Yeah. And it's like, just put out good content and not worry about it so much. Totally. I mean, at the level most of us are playing at. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it exactly. does not, We're not matter. We're, this is not a show for e-commerce tchotchke brands. The, the yeah. game for that is very different. I don't know how mm-hmm. you sell fun, the stuff I get sold to. I don't get, on my ads, I never see anything for any of us. I only ever see like bitchy, quirky t-shirts, cat toys. <laughs> although well, I know what you buy. <laughs> right. Although, although uh, I did recently do some copywriting for some professional sex workers and that changed my shopping algorithm considerably. Mm-hmm. And it went from yeah. like cat toys and punchy T-shirts and my Puma obsession to everything you could possibly imagine that's not suitable for work overnight. But it was hilarious because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't call it not suitable for work because the reason why it was showing up in my feed was because of the work I was because doing. Of the work. Uh-huh. So it's like I not know. suitable for life? Is that a thing? It's, um, it's so fun as an agency because I'm always looking other things up and stuff. And my, my Facebook feed is like the most weirdest <laughs> abstract <laughs> Here, you need some some dog training videos and you need <laughs> lessons about astrology and you like it's like all over the place. <laughs> I did get one ad once for uh Christian men of color of a certain age dating. Oh yeah. I've gotten and that. And I was too. like, whoa, okay. 
right? I mean, and then I'm like, because then, you know, because of like how that's all coded and everything, I'm like, either I did something or this ad budget is so large, they're just doing full spray and pray. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, and honestly, since you just said it, if your phone is anywhere near, you'll probably get some anyway. I'm looking at you, you little spy. <laughs> looking at you oh man <laughs> which is also a bummer because like sometimes i goog stuff and or sorry or bing it in case bing, microsoft yes. is listening um yep. sometimes i bing presents for ryan and then because it's on our ip it shows him what i'm thinking about buying him on his computer mm. the next day and i'm like you turds but that's neither here nor there the point is just like maybe <laughs> maybe don't google stuff from your home computer let's all go to the internet cafe or the library when we're doing our shopping so uh-huh. as to protect our our algorithmic anonymity I think my husband set up his i'm like no you have to have your own google profile because like I was, we had one for a while shared and I was getting all this stuff about like video games and like all this stuff. And I'm like, no, that no. You're like, mm, and I'm bored now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Isn't it ridiculous when people start talking to you about something that you know actually nothing about? That being said, Formula One racing, what is it? <laughs> I love that smooth transition. So freaking awesome. <laughs> Real clunker. Although I, I do have to tell everybody, um, I wanted to do the bare minimum amount of research on Formula One before I came on, but I was like, okay, I don't want to say anything stupid. So I'll read like the first paragraph of Wikipedia. And when I typed in Formula One, it said to me, do you mean Formula Done, which is the name of Jen's company, <laughs> which shows where my true loyalty lies. I love it. Thank you. That made so, my day. <laughs> so you are my Formula One. Uh, Formula Done is more important to me than Formula One. That being said, what is Formula One? And what does it have to do with any of this? <laughs> what does Very, very little other than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. The like one minute backstory. I'll try to make it really fast. My My husband and I actually met while we were drag racing. I had a white Mustang. He had a black Camaro. We were at our local drag racing. We ended up racing against each other all the time. And um, and we started dating. And that was actually almost 21 years ago now. So we have a total love for cars. And, and we've always been into drag racing and stuff. Hate NASCAR. I absolutely hate NASCAR. So does he. I'm like, it's all about the drama. And it's just like, hey, left turn. More left turn. Oh, look, another left turn. And I just like, it's irritating and annoying and very American in all of the drama. And I hate it. So we got really into like rally racing and IndyCar and that kind of stuff. And the, like the epitome of the fastest cars, the most top performing drivers, the most money spent on race cars and everything like the top of the industry is formula one racing. It's so awesome. Every single race, Every year they have a world championship and all of the teams travel around to a different race in a different location. So it literally spans the globe and it's different tracks all the time and they earn points all through the, through the season. So the team wins and an individual driver wins at the end. Well, and that's so I nice. love, yeah, it, it, and it, they, they celebrate the countries that the drivers are from and the, you know, the constructors, the businesses who are putting the cars together. And it's like, it is a very much like a team. 
team sport it has to be. Um, and it's also where so many of the amazing things that are in our cars currently come from. And so we just love it and have been watching it for years and years and years. And I have always been like, nope, this is business and this is pleasure. And like, haven't talked about racing and stuff. And I was inspired by it, which is why the name of my business is Formula Done. But I still never really talked about it until recently. I'm just like, you know what? Like, no, like uh, this childlike thing. I literally get giddy, jump up and down when we go to a race. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. And it's like, so <laughs> such a nerd. <laughs> See, with that right there, I'm like, that would make great content. Like, I would love to see that in my feed of you just getting out at a race. Be like, Whoa! like, that sounds great. <laughs> yep. That sounds like something I'd watch on a reel anyway. Like, bring that on. I'm all for it. Totally. Yeah, it's insane. And, you know, the, the top <laughs> speeds, like what most of the guys usually do, is usually about 250 miles an hour. Um, so well. it's... I am such an old man. It's, it's, I am very much like a slow down there, whippersnapper. <laughs> Especially if the roads are wet. I think it's because I'm such an anxious person. I run so anxious with my OCD and everything that I'd be like, the roads are wet. Are you going to be okay? Did you pack a sandwich? And they're like, no, we didn't pack a sandwich. Why would we pack a sandwich? And I'm like, well, what if you got hungry when you're going 250 miles an hour? And they're like, what? <laughs> This is why I don't coach any kind of athletics, including racing. Uh, no. Mm. I know nothing about any other kind of sports. I call them all sports ball. Like, yeah. it's all just sports ball to me, except for F1 racing. <laughs> you know, that's, it's so interesting that there's this idea of like, there's NASCAR, which is the Tiffany Trump of sports. God, I'm being mean to Tiff today. Um, but you know, it's, it's, sorry, it's, it's, sorry, Tiff. Um, but you know, there's NASCAR and you're, I love where you're like, Oh, look, a left turn and then another left turn and then another left turn <laughs> and then some more America. Okay. Right. But then you're yeah. like, take the same thing and elevate it to excellence. Take yep. the best drivers, take the best courses, take the best cars, take the best game rules, change it up, right? The season, the team, the whole thing. Take the whole trapping and elevate it. And it becomes something new. And I feel like that says a lot about the attention to detail and the positioning that you put out into the world if you're going to claim that something is the best. To be yep. the best NASCAR driver and to be the best F1 driver is not the same thing. Not Correct. the same skill set, yep. not the same subset, not the same anything. And so I feel like a lot of us are trying to be the best in a game that's not actually the lane we want to play in anyway. Is, is there something Look there? At you pulling the car racing analogies <sighs> out? Absolutely. Yes, I love oh. it. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time and I've pulled <laughs> weirder analogies out of worse, but the, you know, it's, I just feel like there's, there's something very, people are like, well, I don't want to come off as elite or I don't want to come off as, um, inaccessible, but, but you at the race, you're like, I know that guy, I recognize him. Like there's still, there's still fan attachment to the best mm -hmm. of the best. There's still the idea of I could have a beer with that guy 
just not in the same way I'd have beer with a NASCAR driver, right? So, mm -hmm. so what do you say to anybody out there who wants to have the best ads in the business, but also feels a little, or the best marketing in the business, but feels a little imposter syndrome-y, a little overwhelmed. They don't know if they need to buy a Maserati in order to compete, you know, like, what do you have to say to anybody out there who's intimidated by stepping up their game? Uh, great question. Um, honestly, the I feel like I'm going to be like an army slogan, but seriously, the best that you can be is like... <laughs> Be all that you can be in the Army Reserve. <laughs> Nobody can be your best. To to further define that, you know, with the onset of all the AI tools and we've got ChatGPT and like everything is just mm. taking over, right? It's literally leveling the playing field between Google search and SEO and people being able to write good copy and be like everybody is kind of on the same field. And the thing that is absolutely going to become so much more important, I think even now and so much in the future is the trust factor. It's, can I relate to you as a human? Can I trust that you are going to help me get from point A to point B? Can I trust your integrity? Do your core values align with mine? Mm. Like that is the part that if you're the best, like you be your best at, your integrity, your core values, and it's sharing those things because that's what's going to attract people. The rest of it is just all going to be the same shit out there. It's not about be the best. It's about be your best. I mean, you still have to deliver results, of course. But when you're getting attention, like that's... But everybody I know is obsessed with results. Like everybody's like, oh, got to get the result, got to get the result. And it's like, cool, we can relax on that a little bit in, in favor of doing things distinctly, uniquely, correctly, our way, yeah. whatever it may be. It is because people have to trust you. Like, yeah, that's literally going to be the biggest currency. A zillion, a zillion percent. So, okay. You brought up the um, giant, lovely, artificially intelligent elephant in the room, which is that uh -huh. everything now is going to AI. Now I have publicly said and stand by that I embrace our robot overlords I am a writer who uses ChatGPT for brainstorming. I am a marketer who uses uh, other platforms to reduce my load. I have brainstormed with that one. You know, like whatever. I'm I'm cool with it. I don't think it's coming for my job. A lot of people feel real scary, but I feel like there might be something we could say about F1 in this AI space of like if you have a 250 mile an hour piece of $3 million machinery hurtling toward a brick wall. We probably want a human driving that car and not a machine, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good I, analogy. I'm right? like, I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I think there's too much human skill and reaction time totally. and, and I don't think the AI would get excited about pulling for their team. Like the end no. of every sports ball movie, why do they yes. win? They win because they care about who they're playing with. Yeah. They win because they know that their teammates are relying on them. They win because they see the faces and feel the energy of the other people involved. And I know it's a little bit different when you're hurtling toward a wall at 250 miles an hour because you can't really see anybody. But yeah. Well, and you know, the, the funny thing about that analogy is like, this is a race car analogy is, is if you're looking at the wall, you're going to hit it. 
But if you're looking at the next step, you're going to hit the next step. And a robot is not going to be looking at the next step. It's just going to be looking at like what input you gave it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly it about AI. That's the whole trick of AI is if I put a crappy prompt into AI, I'm going to get a crappy response. Mm-hmm. If I put something where I've already done 80 percent of the work in, then I get a good thing. Right. If I say mm-hmm. in my fabulous thing that I use for my podcast to help me with the podcast, if I say propose five titles for this episode, I'm going to get the most disparate, wild, crazy shit in the world. If I say the naming convention for my podcast is on blank, blank and pop culture topic, replace with what Annie said is the pop culture topic and two key terms, then I'm going to at least get in the ballpark. I'm still, because I'm a psycho and a control freak and I like things a certain way and I'm a marketer and it's my dang show, I'm still going to wind up altering those. Mm -hmm. They never go out out of AI's mouth and and onto the screen. They never do. They get me a lot closer. But like, I need that discernment because I'm curating the show. AI can give me the pieces, but I decide Mm -hmm. what goes in because like you're talking about, AI's not contextualizing shit for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I do the exact same thing. And that's like everybody that's afraid about AI taking over their jobs or whatever, like, Everything we put in, it's feeding into the machine. Everybody is going to have it having the same database they're working from, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that makes the difference is you. And that's the part that you have to put in. Oh, you and these freaking sound bites. <laughs> that one also sounds like an army slogan, though. The thing that makes a it difference does. is you. <laughs> oh, all right, you. I have freaking adored this. You have taken two topics that just mystify the crap out of me being ads. And AI and three things. And F1, which I literally knew nothing about. But now I'm like, I want to watch pretty cars do fun, scary things. I'll probably have to be a little high so I don't think about people dying the whole time. But I could get over that. It'll be fine. So Um, much less than anything else. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, man. But, oof. Okay. I got two more questions for you before I release you back to your glorious day. The first one is going to have to... Uh, you have to imagine somewhere in the multiverse where you don't hate NASCAR. So let's picture a place in the multiverse where you don't hate NASCAR so much that you are, in fact, a NASCAR driver, and therefore you have to get NASCAR-style sponsorships, meaning they're going to put their name on everything you have ever imagined. You're a NASCAR driver, But your whole kink, your whole like NASCAR persona is that you are the small business technologist. So what companies are you approaching to sponsor your NASCAR identity and car from the small business space? Wow. Okay. All right. So I'm going to come at this from where my small business operates, which is in research, social, and paid ads. So I'm going to go after Bing and (laughs) Google and um, Safari, uh, like the the big browsers. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go after tools that are utilizing AI to help create content and, Mm -hmm. and ads. There's some pretty awesome ones out there. I love, let's see here. CapCut is a great one. Opus.pro, great one. Um, for, for video stuff. 
And I probably would still go after Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, Insta, YouTube, all the social. Yeah. The bigs. Yeah. Like I'm missing something major here. I love it. And in second place, the Bing car. Like, yeah, that's me. I'm the Bing car. (laughs) Uh, But I feel like Microsoft's going to have to send both of us a check for saying Bing the most time it's ever been said in a podcast before. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) right. One final question for you, love, which is you have such a fresh, fun, playful, but actionable and results driven approach to all the things we've been talking about today. What is the best way for our listeners to come into your world and start a conversation with you? You know, honestly, like what I do is it's not a one size fits all. And so we have things that range from DIY to done with you to complete done for you. Uh, and so the, the best place to start is with conversation. And that's easiest place for that is formuladone.com slash apply. And you can just go set up an appointment with me. Start from there. Glorious. Well, I utterly adore you. And I'm so grateful that you came today to educate me about all these things that I just don't know that I care about, but already do. <laughs> so thank you for that, my dear. Thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me. What a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. I'll be back in a second with my final thought and your homework for this week, which I promise will not involve any driving. Well, hey there. Oh, man. Not to get all Shakespearean, but there is an element of my only love sprung from my only hate in this episode. What I mean by that is I love repurposing content. I have referred to myself many times as the high priestess of repurposing. And then there's Facebook. And I'm not talking about all of meta. I don't know why I draw the line. I like Instagram. I love threads. I hate hate Facebook. I pray for that divorce every night before bed. No, not really, but you get my gist. Facebook and I, we don't really get along. But this episode made me see that maybe my own biases against Zucky and his strange platform are keeping me from growing because at the end of the day, it still is the number one social media site in the world. And when it comes to things like ads, they have it figured out. Now, your homework this week is not to run ads. That's very much dependent on your current state of business and your goals and your budget. And I very much recommend because they changed the dang algorithm and set up every one second to hire a professional when you can before that. But here's your homework, something that we could all do. Give your Facebook page, your business Facebook page, a fresh coat of paint. Is it updated? Is it current? Does it have your right services? Does it have your hours? Have you updated the banner lately or the bio? Whatever it is, let's make sure that we're doing what I call motel sixing it. Let's keep the lights on over there because then if you do decide to run ads or boost posts, there's more people watching to re-engage organically with your paid processes. Does that make sense, y'all? Long story short, 
Let's brush up our Facebooks. Up oh, now I'm on Kiss Me Kate, which is Shakespearean again. Apparently I'm in the mood, but let's brush up our Facebooks together. That way, if they are looking on Facebook for their buying decisions, you look like the shiniest apple in the bushel. Hey, thanks for listening. If this episode kept you laughing and learning, I have two requests for you. First, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on your platform, so you never miss an episode. And also, more importantly, if you are looking for support, inspiration, networking, collaborations, or just a chance to hang out with me, Annie P. Ruggles, and our fantastic guests, make sure that you are a member of our LinkedIn community, The Legitimati. It is a weird and wonderful place. I can't even believe it's on LinkedIn and we want you there. You'll find the link in the show notes. Big shout out as always to the fabulous dudes who helped me make this show. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact my theme composer, Riley Horbacio, and my show art creator, Francois Vigneault. See you next time.